for WERU comes from Village Soup, the Republican Journal, providing the communities of Waldo, Knox, and Hancock counties with news, information, ideas, events, goods, and services on newsstands Thursdays and on the web at waldo.villagesoup.com. The time's 4 o'clock and you are tuned to WERU-FM 89.9 Blue Hill, 99.9 Bangor and streaming online at WERU.org. And this is Maine Currents, independent local news, views and culture. I'm your host, Amy Brown. It is the vote of the Senate that the committee's recommendation be accepted. The nomination of Kathleen Chase of Wells for appointment to the Board of Environmental Protection is confirmed. Secretary is directed to inform the Speaker of the House of the Senate's actions. With that vote this morning, the Senate confirmed Kathleen Chase, Governor LePage's nominee for the Board of Environmental Protection, an appointee so controversial that environmental groups that say they've never opposed a nominee spoke in opposition at a public hearing yesterday. The only vote against the confirmation in the Senate this morning, which in this case was a yes vote due to the way it was worded, came from Senator Dave Merrimont, a Democrat from Camden. The Senate's vote took less than two minutes and was done with no discussion or debate. They devoted significantly more time this morning to honoring a middle school band and recognizing various visitors than they did to making this decision. Today on Main Currents, we're going to take a look at how this nomination was approved, starting with the confirmation hearing yesterday before the legislature's Environment and Natural Resources Committee. The governor didn't show up to support his nominee, so his legal counsel, Avery Day, spoke in his place. Senator Saviello, Representative Welsh, members of the committee, uh, I'm Avery Day, um, legal counsel in the governor's office, and here today to present Governor Page's nominee for the Board of Environmental Protection. Kathleen Chase of Wells. Uh, as the committee's notice of confirmation hearing states, members of the board must be chosen to represent the broadest possible interest and experience that can be brought to bear on the administration and implementation of Title 38 and other laws the board is charged with administering. As a former legislator and municipal tax assessor, Kathy brings new interests and experience to the board. As the committee's aware, uh, regulatory reform legislation that was enacted during the 125th legislature amended the scope of the board's authority. Uh, currently, the board's responsible for making decisions on the administration and enforcement of environmental laws. Specifically, the board makes decisions on major substantive rulemaking, license applications for projects of statewide significance, appeals of licensing decisions by the commissioner, uh, license modifications and enforcement matters in, in limited circumstances. Most of you, uh, or, or many of you, know uh, Kathy from her years of service in the main house during the 123rd through 126 legislatures. Uh, during the first two terms, she served on the taxation committee, including um, a time as, as the house lead on that committee. Uh, during her last two terms, she served on the appropriations and financial affairs committee, including serving as the house lead on that committee. During this time, she worked collaboratively with the entire Appropriations Committee to produce two bipartisan biennial budgets and to enact other supplemental budget legislation. Uh, as this committee knows, producing unanimous committee reports requires a spirit of compromise and a willingness to listen by all members of the committee. I say this is doubly so in the uh, instance of a committee report being the state's uh, biennial budget. Kathy was a key part of that process in the 125th and 126th legislatures. Uh, perhaps most analogous to serving on the board is Kathy's 18 years of experience serving as a municipal tax assessor. 
In that role, she acted not as a policymaker, but rather as an administrator bound to operate within the confines of the law, making decisions on the administration of Maine's tax laws. Kathy understands the difference between making policy and following the law, and has demonstrated through years of experience that she's able to serve in this capacity. Kathy is more than qualified to serve as a member of the Board of Environmental Protection, and I ask for your favorable consideration of her nomination. Next, the nominee introduced herself to the committee and argued that her past anti-environmental stances wouldn't be pertinent if she was serving on the Board of Environmental Protection. Good afternoon, Senator Saviello, Representative Welsh, and members of the Joint Standing Committee on Environmental and Natural Resources. I'm Kathleen Chase. I live in beautiful southern coastal Wells, and as you're aware, I am the nominee for this appointment hearing. Although you have my information and resume, I wanted to give you a brief background summary and explain why I'm interested in the position and what makes me a good candidate for this appointment. Most of my adult working life has been either as a business owner and operator or in an administrative management position. My husband and I have owned two convenience stores, a storage facility. We designed, built, and ran a small restaurant. And for the last 28 years, we own a 170-acre gravel excavation business. Each of the businesses were grown and resold over the years, except for the excavation business that we still own. We worked hard to make the businesses successful, and we did. In 1988, I became the tax assessor for the town of Wells for 18 years, responsible for a $2.8 billion taxable valuation and more than 15,000 taxable accounts. During those 18 years, we did three successful in-house revaluations, saving the town hundreds of thousands of dollars by not hiring outside revaluation companies. I worked hard to be the best I could be at that job, and I was. I left to run for the legislature in 2006 and represented Wells in the 123rd through the 126th legislature. I served four years on the Taxation Committee and the last four years on Appropriations and Financial Affairs Committee. As a legislature, I was a strong advocate for my constituents, as I should have been. That is the role of a legislator, and I worked hard to do my best at it, and I did. The reason for this summary is to explain that while I've worked in a wide variety of roles and responsibilities, I will always do the best job I can at whatever role I am in at that time. It is who I am. There are really just two things you need to know about me. First, I believe in participating in life, not being afraid of ever trying something new, always looking at other things. That's the best reason I want to sit on this board. The process is not so different than other things I have done, but it's a new field of information for me that would be wonderful to learn about. The second thing you need to know about me is that I'm always committed to do the best I can. It is how I live my life. The position up for appointment on the Board of Environmental Protection is a regulatory role, not an advocacy role. Not the same role as being a legislator. As a member of the Board of Environmental Protection, my personal view will not be brought to the table, and it shouldn't be. I should be objective. Rather, it is the laws, regulations, rules, and supported facts that determine decisions, and I will do my best to ensure that that will happen. Thank you for the opportunity to meet with you today. I'll answer any questions. The members of the Environment and Natural Resources Committee are given an opportunity to ask questions of the nominee before they vote. 
Note the tone that's used by some of the committee members when they question her. You'll have a chance to compare that with how they interact with representatives of environmental groups a bit later. Questions? Robert. Thank you, Senator. Welcome. Uh, opponents are going to quote your words to us later, I'm sure, oh, I'm sure, about some of the bills in the past. And because of the way the system works, you won't get a chance to explain or comment mm -hmm. on it. So I'd like to tee those up and just throw you an underhanded uh, softball, <laughs> give you a chance to reply to what's surely going to come up later. Okay. So um, on LD 1477, the takings bill in the 125th, um, mm -hmm. I think you said that the Natural Resources Protection Act contained excessive setbacks. I guess excessive was underlined for vernal pools in the waterfall and waiting bird habitat, shorebird habitat. And this amounted to wrongful theft. Right. So do you still feel that way? <laughs> <laughs> At the time, I was representing um, the, the, there were farms and there were large landowners in the town of Wells. And, um, and actually, in some of the areas of the, of the marshland, and uh, they were highly upset. They felt that their property was being taken from them, that um, there was no uh, remedy for them in taxes at that time that if they had vernal pools on their property, uh, that meant that their family farm that they've had for years wasn't going to be as valuable, in their opinion, as it was before. And those were the statements I brought to you. Those were how they felt. They, they felt that way. And um, we gave it our best shot and, um, and then let the law go where it went. And you had a personal experience, too, because we've talked about that. We, we did. Right. And if and, I remember uh, right, that was significant wildlife habitat for waterfowl and waiting birds. Right. And actually, as a result, honestly, as a result of um, that hearing, we um, had people come down to look at the property, come to find out that the aerial map that they used to determine what that was, was in the wrong place. <laughs> so, you, you know, so actually my son has, has his home there now. Yeah, as a matter of fact, I think partly because of your problem there, we did a permit by rule later on actually to fix part of the uh, hard mm -hmm. I think was going on there. So Right. So it, it was a, a real problem, that one. Yes. But you did basically say that this was uh, theft. Once again, property theft, would you justify uh, on those bills? Right. And you understand that to change something that's already in place requires a lot of emotion, a lot of, mo a mm -hmm. lot of push and um, a lot more of uh, energy than it is to just keep it maintaining. So anytime you're advocating for anyone, it's going to be dramatic. Mm -hmm. Well, the reason this would be pertinent, uh, if I, I'm finishing up, <laughs> the reason this would be pertinent is some of these permits and appeals are going to land right in your lap. Absolutely. And, um, you're making a solid case mm -hmm. that you're going to look at that objectively, at the same time being on record as saying this is government theft. Mm -hmm. So I need to align those two. Right. Um, as a role of an advocator, I'm going to do whatever I can to be as dramatic as I can to get whatever it is that has to be changed in a regulatory manner or determining what the law allows, just as I was a tax assessor for 18 years, believe me, in your hometown with people that you know and a lot of big businesses that had issues on the taxes, you had best be prepared to look at the law, understand what it was, and tell them why they couldn't get something done or why something could be done. And uh, I spent a lot of years doing that. I don't have any problem. I, you know, I, if there's a problem, you know what? It should be fixed. But if there isn't, then this is the law. This is why we do it this way. And this is how you have to understand it should be. That, that's, that was my role for years. Other questions? Ralph? Represent Tucker. Um, 
I, I'm an attorney mm -hmm. and uh, represented people for 19 years, so I understand a little bit about advocacy. Um, attorneys often advocate for drunk drivers. It doesn't mean that they agree with drunk drivers mm -hmm. or, or anything. Um, I'm interested in your comment that as a legislator, you're merely an advocate for your constituents. Are you basically telling us that your personal views are not reflected at all in the bills you sponsored and the votes you made? I will say there were several bills that I sponsored that I did not agree with, but that's not, but as a representative of my uh, constituents, you brought that forward. You know, that they had every right to be represented as, as well as anyone else. Um, on on some of the issues um, the that I brought forward, yeah, you get emotional. You listen to the people. That's different, you know, than how advocating. do you decide which constituents to represent? I didn't pick and choose. I, seriously, I never picked and choose. Uh, really, no, I never. If someone came to me and they told me that they had an issue and that this was a problem, um, one of the examples I'll give you a, a good example: the woman whose child got killed and they put a cross on the property and she wanted to pass a law to have the crosses put up that they would be allowed to have a cross for x number of whatever it was it, it was you know it was emotional it was really good i moved it forward but in all honesty it wasn't something that was really going to be passed it wasn't going to be it wasn't happened but she had her say we moved it forward every the legislature decided how they wanted it to go um, and it, that's one example I know because it was it was something that was emotional and hard to do and you had to bring it I brought it forward for her but it wasn't one that I would have brought forward another question sorry oh, just, oh I'm sorry Ben I guess I just want to take it back a little bit to the, the question that representative Desheen had asked in, in your statements about the taking legislation <laughs> you said I think this amounts to wrongful theft, and it wasn't like you didn't say my constituents feel this amounts to wrongful theft. You said I feel it amounts to wrongful theft. So I'm wondering, did you really mean at the time that your constituents meant that, and that isn't really your feeling, or was it your feeling, and now your feelings have changed, or, or what? Because the the comment on the that you made in the front of the committee when you presented that bill was, I think this amounts to wrongful theft. So I'm still trying to understand sort of where you were coming from on that. Right. Um, if if the circumstances were what was presented and that someone takes your property or takes rights away and you have no compensation for it, then I would consider that um, a theft. Yes, Eric, Senator Brakey. Welcome. Thank you. Good well, to have Senator you. Senator Brakey, by that's all right. He's here. That's all that matters. I'm Senator Eric Brakey. I chair the Health and Human Services Committee, which often leaves me okay. not available to be here in the ENR committee. And I'm sure he'd be glad to trade with any one of you to sit on that committee. <laughs> don't go. Um, I just want to say, for the record, I, I I don't know what your 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 views are are now, but you know when you talk when it's talked about you know uh, the regulatory takings and and taking the use of people's property without any compensation you know in a republic where property rights is really the fundamental cornerstone of mm -hmm. what our society is built on i just want to i'd love to 
thank the Kathy Chase from um, uh, from all those years ago because I think she was absolutely right. I just want to say that it's on the record, so. <laughs> which will uh, I'm sure you know if I ever decide to uh, get nominated for something and come before this committee, I'm sure that you know <laughs> I'll, I'll go on the hot spot for saying that right now. But I just want to say I I think that uh, I think I, you know I don't see any problem with those those statements. So just a reminder that you're listening to Maine's Environment and Natural Resources Committee members uh, questioning a LePage nominee for the Board of Environmental Protection. The person who kicked things off with what he admitted were softball questions was a Democrat, Representative DeShane of Hudson. Now back to the panel where Republican Senator Brakey is admiring the nominee's past anti-environmental statements. This is Maine Currents on WERU. The idea that, um, it, the idea that if... You know, the government is, you know, well, we may not be necessarily taking their property and saying it's not theirs anymore. The idea that we're going to be taking the use of it, saying you can't use it anymore, and we're not giving any form of compensation. I mean, you know, with them, you know when we do, do it directly with eminent domain, we're, we're required to give compensation. So, uh, you know, I, anyway, I just want to say I don't see any problem with those statements, and, and, and it probably is something that should be addressed. Um, you know, as far as as far as the overall policy piece is concerned. So, anyway, I uh, do you have a question. Um, <laughs> my you. question is, uh, how are you doing today? Another <laughs> <laughs> <Hi>. question. <laughs> In this next exchange, Senator Catherine Breen, a Democrat, asks the nominee a question before Chase can finish answering the committee chair, Senator Saviello, interrupts and changes the subject. I come from an area that uh, has a lot of uh, value on environmental protection. And um, I'd like, I hear, I, I hear you saying one thing and your record um, as an advocate is pretty one-sided mm -hmm. and I don't disagree I mean I don't agree rather that this role is as I said to Mr. Day I don't think this is only a um, administrative role I think it's um, <clears throat> the way I read it in you know that that there is report periodically to the legislature on the effectiveness of environment environmental laws and to rate make recommendations for amending those laws and as representative DeShane said those laws um, can take effect over the will of someone like me who might not be in the majority when we vote on major substantive rules. So I do think there's a policy components to this job. And so my question in that vein is, um, is it your opinion that Maine's environmental regulations are overly restrictive at the moment, not restrictive enough, or just right as they are. <laughs> I, in all honesty, I don't know. Um, I, you, I, you know, I, I can't give you that um, answer when I haven't looked at them. I don't know exactly what they all are. My whole prospect on being on this board was to learn more about what's happening in that world. And sometimes when you get educated, you have a different viewpoint than when you're not. So that's, that was my whole goal on that one. I, to say whether they're more restrictive or whatever, um, I, I haven't heard the hoopla that you used to hear all the time. So, I mean, I don't hear it out in the, um, 
I don't want to say the real world, but you know, outside of this room. Um, so I haven't heard any big issues. I personally haven't heard anybody complain. So usually that's one way you know. But I, you want to give me the environmental laws and let me look at them for um, three weeks, and I can tell you what the answer is. Let, but right let, now, let I can't. Let me ask it a little different. Yep. Let me ask it when you were a tax assessor. Mm -hmm. And you over, I felt you overvaluated my house. Mm -hmm. How would you handle gathering the data to show me that either I was right or mm -hmm. I was wrong? Because that's in essence what I hear asking you. You've got, we've given you a law or statute to put in place. We've asked you to write rules for it. Mm -hmm. And so I'm saying, how would you write the rules? Is that what the question you were asking? Because I didn't get that one. I think With all due respect, been... Mr. Chair, that's your question. That's not mine. I think that's an impossible <laughs> question to answer, so that's beside the point. <laughs> I can tell okay. you what I think of them all, too, and I probably never get appointed. But After the committee finished questioning Kathleen Chase, LePage's nominee for the Board of Environmental Protection, representatives from some of the state's largest environmental groups were allowed to weigh in. Chase passed off her environmental record as things she did while advocating for her constituents, not necessarily her personal beliefs. Listen to this review of her record and see what you think. I'm Pete Dittersheim. I'm the Advocacy Director for the Natural Resources Council of Maine, and I appreciate this opportunity to testify on behalf of our members and supporters in opposition to the nomination of Kathleen Chase to the Board of Environmental Protection. We take the nomination process very seriously. As others have said, there's absolutely nothing personal uh, in connection to the positions that we're going to describe um, for why we oppose this nomination. We carefully review the responsibilities of the position for which the candidate has been nominated, and we also look very carefully at the qualifications of that individual. Over the past 20 years, NRCM has not testified against a single nominee to the Board of Environmental Protection, but today is different. We oppose this nominee because her legislative record as a state representative shows a consistent pattern of opposition to many of Maine's most important environmental laws. Laws that, as a member of the BEP, she would be charged to support and defend. While Kathleen Chase served in Augusta, as many of you have shared, um, you served with her, you're fond of her, uh, she was on other committees. But in terms of environment legislation, she supported legislation that would have directly undermined responsibilities of the Department of Environmental Protection. She sponsored and co-sponsored bills to weaken laws, including the Natural Resources Protection Act and shoreland zoning, laws that provide vital safeguards for wildlife habitat and water quality of Maine's rivers, lakes, and streams. She voted against positions of the Department of Environmental Protection, Board of Environmental Protection, unanimous and near-unanimous votes of this committee, and the majority of the House and Senate. I'm going to go through some of the examples. I think these details are important. In 2007, Rep Representative Chafes voted against LD340, a bill requiring that people who cut trees in violation of the shoreland zone, in violation of shoreland zone uh, regulations, are required to replace those trees and vegetation. DEP testified in support of the bill, as did the town, town officials from Kittery, York, and Kennebunkport. Petty Ajo also testified in support of the bill on behalf, on behalf of Merida. The bill received a unanimous 13 to 0 positive recommendation from this committee. The consensus was that landowners should not be able to buy a view by cutting down trees in the shoreland zone, paying a small fine and then planting bushes, which is what was happening. Testimony in that hearing from Jonathan Carter, Kittery town manager who also had been town manager 
of Wells said, I have seen blatant abuse of cutting in the shoreland. And he basically said, the result is almost in all cases, they get a small fine and they buy a view. The bill got a unanimous vote in the House, in the Senate, and a House vote of 114 to 21. Representative Chase was part of the 21, a small minority of legislators who voted against the bill. It was signed into law May 10th, 2007. In 2009, Representative Chase voted against LD 330, DEP's recommended classification upgrades for main waterways pursuant to the Clean Water Act. This bill provided DEP's science-based recommendations to increase the clean water protections for a number, I think 17, different segments of river streams and coastal waters, where the data demonstrated water quality improvements. DEP's proposal, which was reviewed and recommended for adoption by the Board of Environmental Protection, received broad support from water quality organizations like the Congress of Lakes Association, Portland Water District, and Lakes Environmental Associates. The Maine Pulp and Paper Association also supported the bill, which passed the Senate 32 to 2 and the House 109 to 33. Representative Chase was part, of, again, of the small minority of legislators who voted against the bill, which was signed into law May 19, 2009. In 2011, Representative Chase was the lead House sponsor of LD 434, a bill that would have exempted all wetlands in Maine from protection under shoreland zoning. DEP's director of the Bureau of Land and Water Quality testified against LD 434, this is within the LePage administration, stating that the bill, quote, would greatly impact Maine's rivers, lakes, and streams. If passed, LD 434 would eliminate a majority of wetlands that are currently protected by proven and sound regulations developed under the Mandatory Shoreland Zoning Act and would be inconsistent with the definition of a freshwater wetland in the Natural Resource Protection Act to eliminate safeguards that protect the integrity of wetlands from adjacent development would be detrimental. This committee voted 13 to zero, ought not to pass on a motion by Representative Jim Parker, and the bill died in the House and Senate, a bill that Representative Chase was the lead co-sponsor for. In 2011, Representative Chase was the lead House sponsor and testified in support of LD 872, a bill this committee is, was quite familiar with, a bill that would have drastically weakened protections for significant vernal pool habitat, high and moderate value inland waterfall and wading bird habitat and shoreland nesting, feeding, and staging areas. LD 872 was not based on sound science or on a factual understanding of Maine's Natural Resource Protection Act. The Environment and Natural Resources Committee, again, rejected the bill 12 to one, ought not to pass. The bill died. This was a bill also that Representative Chase was the lead sponsor of. In 2011, Representative Chase testified in support of a bill, LD 1477, we've discussed this a little bit, that would have allowed property owners to demand payments for Maine taxpayers, potentially adding up to billions of dollars of, uh, of demands for payment for zoning, land use, and regulatory actions that were retrospective, going back decades potentially, in support of this bill, as, as has been noted, Representative Chase attacked DEP's existing regulations as excessive, wrongful, and amounting to theft. And she said, the state in its theft of, private, of property rights through regulation has been neither reasonable nor responsible in paying for the takings. In 2012, Representative Chase voted against LD 1797, major substantive rules developed by the DEP and recommended 
by the Board of Environmental Protection for activities located in, on, or over inland wild uh, waterfowl and wading bird habitat. These rules created standards for a permit by rule under the under NERPA. The Board of Environmental Protection voted unanimously five to zero in support of the rules. DEP Policy Director Heather Parent testified in support of the rules at this committee's public hearing. On March 6, 2012, the ENR committee voted 12 to 1, ought to pass as amended. The bill was then approved by the Senate unanimously and by the House 89 to 50, signed into law by Governor LePage. Representative Chase was part of the small minority of legislators in the House who voted against the bill. Finally, in 2013, Representative Chase voted against LD 1308, legislation developed by the paint industry to establish a new recycling and product stewardship program for unwanted paint. The bill was sponsored by Senator Saviello, supported by companies including Sherwin-Williams, Bayer Corporation, Valspar, American Coatings Association, PPG Industries, Henry Company, Paint Care, and others. This committee reported out a bill, 8 to 4 ought to pass as amended. It was then approved by the Senate, 28 to 7, by the House, 97 to 45, became law, July 2nd, 2013, Representative Chase was part of the minority of legislators who voted against the bill. We're concerned about this legislative record because as a member of the BEP, the nominee would be called on to defend many of these very laws that as a, as a lawmaker she voted to weaken, including NERPA, shoreland zoning, and water quality protections. We're not saying that the nominee was not a well-respected and liked representative for her constituents, or that she might not be an excellent fit for a different gubernatorial appointment, but not the Board of Environmental Protection, not given her record of hostility toward many of Maine's key environmental laws and regulations. Finally, let me comment on the unprecedented nature of this nomination. Over the past 20 years, no individual that I am aware of, and I've worked at NRCM for 20 years following every nomination, no individual nominated to the BEP has had such an adversarial stance toward Maine's environmental laws as the nominee before you today. Dating back to 1995, 40 Maine citizens have served as members of the Board of Environmental Protection. I've attached the list to my testimony. That list includes many attorneys, engineers, and scientists, also individuals with business, municipal, forest products, oil industry experience. Over this period, only four BEP members had served previously in the Maine legislature, and not one had a legislative record that caused us to testify against their nomination. The nominee before you today is different. Her legislative record is cause for considerable concern. We believe she has demonstrated considerable bias against environmental laws, which is why we urge you to vote against this nomination. I appreciate this opportunity to testify and would be glad to answer any questions you might have. Questions? Representative Brakey. Senator, Senator Brakey. <laughs> I keep looking to that. It's okay. Side. He's been doing it to everyone, so I won't, I won't take offense. It's my senility. So thank you for being here. I, I just, uh, there's been a lot of talk about this word theft. And I guess I want to ask the question, um, if I came to you and took your property, without your consent or without any or without any compensation. If not, the word theft would be used to describe it. Uh, 
that's that's a hypothetical that has nothing to do with legislation that has happened. I, th I think here. It has, I think it has a lot to do. You, you specifically so in your testimony, you, no, in, in the characterization was made. I think if you ask it around what the LD was and what was the objection in the LD would be a better way to phrase the question. Right, yeah. You cite LD 1477. You state that uh, Representative Chase referred to the regulatory taking of people's property as amounting to theft. You don't explain, uh, so you don't explain in your testimony why it's not theft. You just say, well, because she said that this is theft, this is somehow makes her, her, her not qualified. So I, I guess I wonder, is it, in this case, since you object to that characterization, is it your opinion that it is not theft, or is it your opinion that it is theft that the government is rightfully able to participate in? Well, this this regulatory takings issue is, I mean, we can get into a lengthy discussion here. It's no. our choice. I don't think we want to do that. Uh, multiple bills over 20 years have been introduced into this legislature to deal, uh, based on assertions of theft, every single one of them has been defeated in a bipartisan way because a careful analysis of the flaws of the legislation has demonstrated that the assertion of theft is inaccurate and the remedy that's proposed is potentially in the billions of dollars um, requiring main taxpayers to pay for asserted theft. I, I, I understand the potential cost of it, but my question is if it's not theft, what is it? It's not, it's, no one brought cases that were actually demonstrated um, significant losses that would meet a regulatory taking requirement. I think we need to. We don't focus. need to. I mean, yeah. Right. Let's focus on Senator Brecky. We can so, talk about so it. Let, let me outside let me, of this room. Guys, <laughs> let, let me uh, ask a question because you've done a good job of pointing out all the roll call, all the uh, vote, all the bills she suggests. Uh, the good representative suggested. How many of them had roll calls? Again, you're listening to Maine Currents on WERU, and this is a confirmation hearing for Kathleen Chase, LePage's nominee for the Board of Environmental Protection. It was recorded yesterday. Apologies for the audio quality in some, some parts of this. Uh, I mentioned earlier that you would hear a difference in how they question the candidate for this nomination and how they question some of the environmental groups that came to testify, and uh, that's part of what we're hearing at this point now. It continues. How many actually had roll calls? Um, I've mentioned all the roll calls in the... There, I just checked. There are no roll calls on some of these votes. Um, I've inserted roll call n numbers in the testimony. Just, maybe, maybe I'm wrong. Which I bill are you I'm mentioning? At, uh, Bills that were got... 434. 434, if it was defeated by this committee and went up upstairs but, with a 13-0 ought not to pass report, uh, in that case, she was the lead House co-sponsor. Again, I'm trying to sort out the difference between a representative, which I heard her state, and someone who went to the floor and carried the battle out differently. So what I see, at least, and I only quickly checked three of them because I couldn't check the rest was fast, is the three I see of LD 434, 872, and 1477, there were no roll call. I mean, I've advocated for bills before that ultimately I do it because I represent people, but don't continue the battle upstairs. Yeah, and you'll need to decide whether this is a pattern and that those are, are not don't fit the same pattern. Our view is choosing to be the lead co-sponsor on a bill is a 
often a decision that's a little different than just one of the co-sponsors. But don't you think sometimes it's a good idea to create a conversation around laws that are around for a while and you might be the sponsor or co-sponsor? And if you look at the pattern of, of opposition on roll call recorded votes uh, against shoreland zoning, I think it, it okay. fits into our concern. So let me, I only, again, I only picked up the one on uh, 2009, 3.30, and I looked up the roll call. There were three potential options out of this committee. I didn't look at them, so maybe voting against it might have been that you preferred option B rather than option A. I don't think, I mean, I, I'd like to go through each one of these characterizations, and I will afterwards, because it's easy to, and as you know, it's one of my objections to the environmental ranking system, is oftentimes there is an alternative, and the only way you can get to it is vote against what's in front of you. And I haven't looked at all of these, and but I also think that as a representative, someone needs to present the bill if they had the consistency in the three I picked. Again, I didn't have time to look at them, is that if there was a certain... Um, debate on the floor and not an option, then I would agree with you, your, your theory. But I, I encourage you to look at the details. I, I think I you will find that my testimony is I pretty fair accurate. I've already losing, so there's, you got, I get one, two, two more to go, and I will while we talk. So other questions? Representative Duchesne. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm not used to turning off the microphone in the Health and Human Services Committee. Thank you, Senators. Um, LD 1477, that was my most hated bill of all time. I detested that with the passion of a white-hot sun. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, 1477 was the takings bill. I really, really hated that bill. In fact, Avery and I were, like, sitting together watching that. He was on one side and I was on the other. <laughs> detested that bill. That said, um, I think uh, Representative Chase uh, made some indications that a lot of what she was saying there was expressing the passions of people she was representing and yes it may have represented her own views as well but it was perhaps a uh, over over colorful language rather than uh, an over-the-top um, personal attitude towards this did you um, have a reaction to what she was saying well, I'm just looking at her testimony. I think it was very—it was actually very personal. It was about her own personal views based on a particular case. Um, at the time, we we had conversations with folks at IFNW, GEP about the particular case. Many of the concerns expressed in her testimony were not substantiated by the field reports that we saw at the time. Uh, there was um, concern about. Um, the length of the permitting process, no guarantee of getting a permit. Um, the permit was a two-page uh, application. Um, the, the cost of the permitting process was very low, and there was some frustration, you know, expressed by the, the in the field report that the applicant, that the the developer in this case, the person testifying in support of the bill, was not aware that that they would likely get an easy permit. So there was some very strong language based on a personal experience that we found unsubstantiated, and there was some record that of unwillingness to engage in a process and concern that you, there was no guarantee of getting a permit. Okay, thanks. Is that statement, uh, was it made orally, or was that in written testimony? It's a written testimony. Other questions? Uh, Senator Breen and then Representative Hanley. Thank you, Mr. Chair. 
Um, were there, you know, we've, we've talked a lot about roles that legislators play and hats that we have to wear in our role as advocates for our district and our constituents. I asked Representative Chase about this. She didn't have any recollection of it. I'm wondering if you do, and maybe it's not in your record, of Representative Chase wearing the hat, if you will, of a passionate environmentalist who was carrying the flag for the preservation of a particular resource or the strengthening of a law that would um, that would protect a natural resource. And um, the reason I ask is because I, um, I'm concerned about balance and um, a board member being um, coming into the job with a balanced perspective. So I'm trying to figure out if there was time during her, with her uh, legislative record, if there was a time when she wore that other hat and um, balanced out some of the things you've presented to us today. I'm not aware of, of that. I'm not aware of, of a bill she sponsored that um, land trusts, lake associations, environmental conservation organizations worked with her to try to pass. So I haven't, you know, I, I can't think of a uh, of an example. Not to say that there might not be one, but I just can't think of one. Representative Hamley. Yes, uh, thank you. I'd like to ask you the same question I asked uh, Representative Chase. Do you think it's possible for government to overregulate or overtake? <laughs> Certainly. Okay. So, I mean, you're not opposed to things that need to be changed that maybe have gone too far? No, and I think this committee did it, and the, and the LD1 committee did an extraordinary job of, of really digging into whether there need to be some fixes in, in environmental regs. So, I mean, so someone who advocates for change and is passionate about it, is that, does that exclude them from ever being anywhere else? I mean, no. Okay. Certainly not. Thank you. Other questions? Yes, Representative Campbell. Don't you think we did a good job advocating for the best use of rental pools? <laughs> for the best use of them? <laughs> By whom? The 500 species that live in them? Or? <laughs> Was that, was that a sufficient answer to your question? <laughs> okay. And Representative Buckland. So questioning of Pete Didesheim, the uh, rep from the Natural Resources Council of Maine, continued in a similar vein, uh, more than we have time for today. Next, Representative Andrew Buckland, a Republican from Farmington, uh, continued the argument that the roles of legislator and BEP member are drastically different. The assertion being, as you've heard, that Kathleen Blake's anti-environmental track record as a legislator would not necessarily matter if she was appointed to the BEP, uh, the Board of Environmental Protection, because the BEP doesn't make policy. Here's Pete Didesheim's response to that. I think in each of the areas of responsibility that are before the board, there is actually opportunity for policymaking. And I believe that many of the laws that where we have expressed concern about uh, Representative Chase's record are the very underlying laws upon which the BEP will be making some, what we think, policy judgments that are not that different from some that are made by this committee. Representatives for the Maine Audubon Society and the Maine Conservation Voters also uh, testified in opposition yesterday to LePage's nominee for the Board of Environmental Protection. 
Good afternoon, Senator Saviello, Representative Welsh, and members of the committee. My name is Jen Gray, and I represent Maine Audubon and our 20,000 members and supporters in opposition to the nomination of uh, Kathleen Chase to the Board of Environmental Protection. And I first want to start out by saying that I think those of you who know me understand that the, I'm, this is very uncomfortable for me to testify against a nominee. I don't believe we've ever testified in my experience against a BEP nominee. And I, I, it's not a personal uh, position, but rather a reflection of, of Ms. Representative Chase's record. Um, I have testified in support of a BEP nominee that was nominated by this governor. He sits behind me. Um, Representative Foley, uh, then Citizen Foley, asked me personally to speak in support of this nomination, and I agreed to um, very happily. And his, I did that because Maine Audubon has interacted with uh, Representative Foley for many years in the community of Wells on a number of issues, including Wells Harbor and sand dune rules. And through those experiences, um, we saw, I witnessed personally uh, Representative Foley's um, strong advocacy on behalf of his community and his participation in stakeholder meetings where he listened to science, he thought about it, he listened to other perspectives, he came back to his community and advocated to them to find some common ground, some reasoned positions. And those um, agreements have stood firm for many years, and I'm very proud of that. If Representative Chase had a similar record, we would be testifying in support of her and not in opposition. So that's just kind of an umbrella of where we're coming from. Um, as my testimony says, her record is full of bills that you've heard that she's sponsored, co-sponsored, testified in support of, and voted in favor of that would weaken Maine's environmental protections. From our perspective, someone with such a record is not a good candidate. I think it also reflects a, an ideological perspective that she will bring to the board and will help inform her policy decisions, which is really the core of our concern. I'm not going to um, repeat some of what you've heard. Can't help but talk about LD 1477, because that really, her personal testimony focused on inland wading bird and waterfowl habitat, which as you, many of you know is at the heart of Maine Audubon. Um, and and her, her testimony talked about her experience um, with this regulation and her property. And uh, I'm just going to quote, her testimony included criticism that there are, of all things, environmental protections for inland wading bird and waterfowl habitat. So of all things, to me, connotes that what are we doing protecting these types of things? And her testimony um, indicate the legislation was needed because the regulations required her to apply for a NERPA permit. Apply for a permit. To me, that's also a fundamental thing that the DEP and then the BP oversees is people applying for permits. So I don't, I fail to see how that's um, something that someone should oppose. Um, such a requirement was, a, she asserted, was a taking of her property rights. So from our perspective, this, this advocating um, on such a personal way for extreme legislation about um, having to get a permit when also, if, if you recall, the DEP, when they started um, regulating significant wildlife habitat, never failed to issue a permit. Everyone got their permits. They had to have a conversation. So it really wasn't this um, great 
burden that was being asserted. So, so we feel fundamentally that someone with that position um, is not necessarily a suitable candidate to serve on the BEP. Interesting, as you've heard already um, brought up, that what the legislature did as a result of, of some of the concerns around that regulation was that the DEP suggested that we um, tweak the regulation. And the BEP um, had a hearing, it was a major substantive rule, had a hearing on that proposal. Uh, Representative Foley was a new member of the board at the time. He listened to the testimony. He actually advocated as a member of the board to strengthen the rule that then came back to you. And this committee voted um, 12 to 1 in support of the rule changes. Um, and so again, this proposed rule change was a reaction to um, some um, a personal experience that Representative Chase had brought to the legislature. And then she voted against the rule on the floor. So that's me, just again, it's, it's hard to understand from that ideological perspective how it would be suitable to be on the board. Um, so unfortunately, we really regret that we must oppose her, her nomination. And um, I'd be happy to answer any questions. Thank questions? You. I have a couple. You oftentimes come in here and talk about that you represent 14,000 member Audubon Society members. Mm -hmm. Have you ever come in and testified with something you disagreed with, but those members really felt that it was important for you to do that? Um, I cannot recall ever having, I'm very blessed to have the job that I have. And I, if I disagree with the position that um, my colleagues would like me to take, I advocate against or express myself why I disagree with that. And I've been quite effective in doing that. So I have not had that um, opportunity or misopportunity to testify on something I don't personally agree with. So what would you do if you had that? Um, I would have to think hard about that. Um, you know, if I don't, I couldn't consistently testify in op, it, and a, for a position that I personally disagreed with on a routine basis throughout eight years of service or more. Okay. You know, you have to, it's, at some point your job and your testimony reflects your personal ideology. Sue, we knew, as we're dealing with this hearing, someday we may have a situation where the person that we're thinking about is on the opposite end of the, the spectrum, totally in favor of uh, 7,000 feet buffers around vernal pools, uh, so four Andy, miles. Andy Ketto. Uh, and, 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 yeah, well, we all know what happened to Andy Ketto. Right. right. But that was only after a number of us said, don't do it. So what would, what would we do then? What would, you, would your testimony be then? Would you be in favor of, or what, what, what should we do? Should we basically say, we, we, we are, or someone we don't even know anything about? Mm -hmm. Nothing. Well, I think, you know, with all due respect, Senator, you're faced with a decision on what to do with this person who has a record in front of you that seems fundamentally counter to much of what the board is about. So, you know, you have to judge someone based on the record. You, oftentimes, this committee, I think, does a great job at balancing various testimony mm -hmm. in front of I, I think you would agree, and I think I most do. people would. At least, at least in the last six years, is with most of us have been on the committee. And you use 1477 as your example, but there was no roll call on 1477. 
The reason why I used 1477 was because it was a personal testimony that Representative Chase gave that talked about regulations that she would be overseeing as a board member. But, but in, in the case of that, that's information that I found valuable as we found the balance to where we needed to go in the Waiting Bird Habitat because I think we all agree we needed to change those regulations and we did. So to have an extreme on one side and, and an extreme on the other side, which somebody wanted us to increase the buffers, it helped us make a better decision. Isn't I, it so? You know what I'm <laughs> Yes, Senator Breen. Thank you, Mr. Chair. Um, it seems to me that we've, uh, in the time way before I got here, that there were lots of people that um, maybe you wouldn't have been your number one choice to be on the BEP. Or number two, or maybe even number three. Well, we if if we're enthusiastic about someone, we testify in their support, as we right. were with Representative Foley, and we have done that historically. Some <coughs> of the last number of years, we've been quiet. <laughs> and why have you been quiet? Um, uh, well, perhaps, for example, with Representative Parker, Representative Parker, when he served here, um, didn't. Uh, appear to be a, a strong advocate on behalf of the environment. However, his record um, from our experience was not extreme. So this and so for example, if I could follow up, you know, on this 12 to 1 report, you have Representative Long one. And if I could read, you know, Senator Saviano, Senator Goodall, Senator Sherman, Representative Hamper, Representative Ayotte, Representative Duchesne, Representative Harlow, Representative Innes, Representative Knapp, Nass, Representative Parker, Representative Welsh. So, you know, a lot of people with conservative ideologies um, were not with, uh, with Representative Chase. So they didn't rise to the level right. of alarm that you're right. experiencing now. Right. And that's why you've come forward on this particular nominee. That is true. Thanks. Is there a roll call on 872? Do you know? Um, I don't recall. I don't have time to look it up, but I think it's important. Again, and my my point there was that she actually testified in strong support herself. So she was engaged as opposed to just voting or sponsoring or co-sponsoring. Other questions? Thank you. Thank you. Anyone else would like to testify in opposition? Good afternoon, Senator Saviello, Representative Welsh, members of the Environment and Natural Resources Committee. My name is Beth Ahern, and I represent Maine Conservation Voters in opposition to the appointment of Kathleen Chase to the Board of Environmental Protection. We, as well, rarely testify in opposition to nominees and do not do so lightly today. In this case, the record indicates this nominee has, nominee has not supported the very laws she would be tasked with implementing as a member of the Board of Environmental Protection. As a legislator, she worked to weaken or eliminate some of Maine's most important environmental protections. Please know that this testimony is not a personal indictment of Representative Chase, but rather an attempt to highlight her actions that should make you question her appropriateness for this nomination. And the examples listed, I think, are coincident to those that you've heard from my colleagues. So I will not read those, but they're there in my testimony if you want to. And these examples indicate the nominee's bias against uh, the, these very environmental laws. 
are concerned that as a member of the BEP, she will be asked to defend or interpret the laws she is on record as opposing. And as you well know, the details of policy you create are left to the Department of Environmental Protection and the BEP, which can change the rules. Representatives Chase's opinion about NERPA or Australian zoning, for instance, would certainly influence how she thinks any rules related to those laws should be drafted. Thank you for hearing our concerns. Questions? Thank you. Thank you. After a short caucus meeting in which they did not turn off their microphones, so they were overheard discussing whoopie pies and candy, but not the nominee, the committee voted, returned and voted. The pending question before the committee and the Joint Standing Committee on Environment and Natural Resources recommend to the state, to the Senate of the 127th Legislature, the nomination of Kathy, Kathleen Chase of Wells for the appointment to the Board of Environmental Protection return, be confirmed. In accordance with 3MRSA Chapter 6, Section 157, and with the joint rules of the 127th Legislature, the vote will be taken by the yeas and nays. A vote of yes will be in favor of recommending confirmation. A vote of no will be against the motion to recommend confirmation. Is the committee ready for the question? The committee clerk will call the roll. Senator Saviello, Yay. 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 Senator Breen? Yay. Senator Breaking? Yay. Representative Welch? Nay. Representative Chipman? Nay. Representative Buckland? Yay. Representative Tucker? Nay. Representative Duchesne? Yay. Representative Campbell? Yay. Representative Hollow? Nay. And Representative Hanley? Yay. So it's Yay, in favor, six to five. Six members haven't voted in the affirmative and five in the negative. It is the vote of the Joint Standing Committee on Environment and Natural Resources, the nomination of Kathleen Chase Wells for appointment to the Board of Environmental Protection be confirmed. So as you heard, Democratic Representative DeShane voted with the Republicans and LePage's nomination of Kathleen Chase to Maine's Board of Environmental Protection was confirmed by the Environment and Natural Resources Committee yesterday. It went next to the Senate, where it was confirmed without discussion this morning. You've been listening to Maine Current's independent local news, views, and culture. I'm your host, Amy Brown. Send feedback and story suggestions to news at weru.org. And we're still looking for people who'd like to join us on upcoming editions of Maine Currents, where we'll be talking about which candidates you support and why. If you'd like to come and talk about your candidate and field questions, email that email address, news at weru.org. Join us here every Wednesday at 4 o'clock for Maine Currents. And stay tuned now for Democracy Now! coming up next, then Jazz Straight Ahead with Larry Stahlberg. All here on your community radio station, WERU-FM, 89.9 Blue Hill, 99.9 Bangor, and streaming online everywhere at weru.org. Support for WERU comes from Waterfront Concerts, presenting Pucifer at Merrill.